hello, everybody, and thank you, Janet Lee. Wow. Tell you what, those are my favorite songs, too. And uh, I got to do a little bit of a crummy job accompanying you, but uh, it was fun. And, um, hey, tonight is fourth part. The fourth part of the searching of the spirit to spirit. What does the body do without the spirit? What does the spirit do without the body? And uh, as I said, this is the number four. And for you people listening tonight, guess what? We have something sort of neat and special for you. This really is the result of two friends uh, that put this together. Um, and um, Larry and Brian, you'll see on the front under broadcast announcement, it says download study guide. If you click on that, you can download the guide and be looking at it so that it'll be easier for you to follow the teaching tonight as we get into some of these numbers. So just below the broadcast announcement, come on down below the date, and you see it in uh, sort of an orange. Download study guide, just click on that, and wow, there you'll be. You'll be right on there. Let me just go ahead and do it myself so I can be right up to date with you. All right. So it's, um, it's a good time for knowing God. It's a good time for the Word of God because the Word of God is so wonderful. Now, when we get into the spirit thing and we get into this thing about the rest, uh, and Paul is saying, you know, a lot of you people have not come into the rest. And this is something that Moses spoke of and other scriptures in the Bible indicate it that the people of God just were not coming into the rest of God that was part of a planned thing to nourish them, to bring them into this connectedness between, you know, the spirit and the body. And um, so it is a very important thing. And uh, it, it helps a person uh, later as you get into the ministry of things like spirit to spirit uh, to have that kind of uh, a coordinates between your own spirit and your body. So this thing of the rest is important. And if there's ever a day, and I'm sure there's been other days like these days we're living in now, but a day for our life, if there's a day, there's a lot of unrest, a lot of civil uh, um, contingencies, a lot of problems out there, people just not happy, not satisfied, worried, uh, afraid, and uh, all kinds of deliberations are being done. But, um, you know, there is a word from God. There, there, is a, there is a way of coming into the rest and, and, uh, and trusting in God to put all these things together in the way that they need to be put together. And so, uh, in order to get into the deep and the many phantoms of, of that uh, understanding of the rest, then it really uh, has a conclusion and a determination that causes us to have to get into some of the, the long-termness of things. Now, um, there is a, uh, an interesting scripture that uh, I would like to read to you. Um, so if you turn with me to the book of Luke, and uh, let's get into, um, if I'm remembering it right, uh, I can go back to my notes if I'm not, but it uh, seems like it was um, 
nine twenty or twenty. No, it's, it's the twenty. It's chapter twenty. Yeah, we're doing good. I found it here, and it's verse nine. Now, this is a parable that Jesus is given, given, but it is a pretty uh, applicable uh, saying here, and a lot of people, I'm sure, are not maybe even familiar with this. Then, then began he, meaning Jesus, to speak to the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard and let it, let it forth to husbandmen and went into a far country for a long time. Now, a certain man, where you know, is talking about in a parable. He's talking about himself, and that he planted a vineyard and he turned it over to the husbandmen, which was the disciples and the followers. And um, he goes on here to say that uh, you know there was a rebellion. Uh, you know, uh, the the people did not want the husbandmen to to bring this uh, uh, forth this kind of uh, vineyard and forth these kind of um, seed uh, seedling uh, uh, fruits and uh, and then uh, it goes on to say that well he there was a time he had to come back to you know or, or to send someone back to sort of see what was going on and uh, then uh, you know they uh, they decided to uh, to kill this person but I think there is something here that's well worth looking at. It says, He let forth this vineyard to the husbandman, and then he went into a far country, a far country, for a long time. I want you to hear that. I want you to see that. I want you to think about that. He went into a far country for a long time. Now, let's look at the Gospel of John. Don't lose your place there. Look at the Gospel of John and and look at chapter 14. And chapter 14, verse 1 says, Jesus speaking, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now it's very clear in this statement that he's just not going there for a siesta, but he has work to do, and he's going to away, and he's going to be preparing a place for his disciples, for his people, for the believers to come. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. Wow. Now, let's think in terms of this. Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm going to go away. And I'm going to tell you where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the Father's house. And I have a work there to do in preparation. And then, at some point in the future, I'm going to come back and I'm going to to get you and bring you with me. But in another parable, he is telling about something quite quite different, not really different, but different than what most people think. He says that there was a certain man that planted a vineyard, and of course that's exactly what 
Jesus was doing, was planting this vineyard while he was here. And he led it forth to husbandmen, and he was sending out his disciples and telling them to preach this message and heal the sick, cast out demons. And then he left, and he went into a far country. This country isn't just across the street. This is a far country. country. And he left for a long time. Now, I think that when people read in the book of Revelations, and he says, Behold, I come quickly, that they have this idea that Jesus is just was going to be coming back just in a little in a jiffy of time. Because quick, you know, is sort sort of like a flash. It's 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 sort of something that doesn't have a lot of time to it. But little did people know that you know those that translation was a translation based on what people thought at the time was the, was the interpretation and they translated it accordingly but not really knowing the scripture by the holy spirit they did not give the real interpretation that it should have had so when you look at the word and it says, behold, you know, I come quickly, it would have been far more proper of an interpretation if it would have said, behold, I come suddenly. Because suddenly still gives you the idea that it can, it can happen in a flash, but it doesn't give any kind of an indication that it's going to be that flash is going to happen in just a few moments or a few days or a few months or a few years. It doesn't give any kind of an indication like that. It just says, when I, I, I come, I'm going to come suddenly. And that would have been a, a much more proper uh, interpretation. The other interpretation they could have given, um, you know, behold, I come in the quickening. I come in the quickening. Because then this would be referring to his coming in the Holy Spirit and the quickening power of the Holy Spirit. So when we understand that there are four levels to the word, three in the deeper sense and one in just the, the ground level sense, you have your 30, 60, 100 fold. And when you understand that both of those interpretations could be applicable, because one would refer to the Holy Spirit, which it certainly is is um, an interpretable uh, consequences of, of fact, and the other would be uh, referring to uh, the instantaneous aspect of the coming, whenever that coming was, and that also is verified by a lot of scriptures. Now, um, when you understand that, and you really get into... Uh, into the meaning of that, uh, it becomes uh, really, really interesting when Jesus says says here in this in this parable, and he went away to this far away place for a long time. Well, you know that just goes along with a lot of scriptures. You know, in the Book of Acts, it it's it's very very clear that uh, that Jesus has gone away, 
and that it's not intended for him to come back until the restitution of of all things takes place. And and, and until that that happens, uh, you know, he's going to be held in in the Father's house in the heavens. And, you know, people need to get that down. They need to get that into their mind. They need to understand that. Because when they when they don't understand that, you know, then then it's just a problem. And let's just read that verse. And it's in the the book of Acts, chapter three, verse twenty. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, unto you, whom the heavens must receive, until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the prophet by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. This is no small little patch of information. This is a general dispensation of long-term prophecies and, and records of holy men of God to whom it was revealed that when Jesus left here, he was going to a far place and he would be gone a long time, whom the heavens would hold and receive until the restitution of all things. Now, the restitution, what does that mean? Well, that means things being restored. And, oh, are we ever talking a big subject there? Are we ever talking a big subject there? The restitution of all things. So, uh, if you're looking at the, the screen, it's talking about the timing of Abraham's bosom. 70,000 years. Now, last week, we never got a chance to get into the scripture on that. But if you want to do that, you can turn to the book of Psalms 105. And we'll read on this thing, uh, which is connected to Abraham's bosom, but we'll first we'll just read it as the 70,000 generations. So when we look at um, Psalms a hundred and five. Uh, <clears throat> here, here is here is what the Bible says, and we're we're starting with um, verse eight. He hath remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. How many generations? A thousand generations. A word that he has given to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath with Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law to Israel for an everlasting covenant. This isn't a temporary law. This isn't a, a temporary bubble. Some kind of a gurgle of of expression that is just meant to be a little short format. This isn't just an indent of a statement. This is a general statutory salvation long-term proposition 
for the for for the for the people of the earth to restore the fallen angels so that they can become equal with angels again as Jesus said that they would be able to and he used that that very word was used become equal with the angels and so here here we see that there is a thousand generations well you know we sort of need to know about generations we sort of need to know about that well there's been different times that have been given and um but you know we need we need to talk about it we need to know about it uh and and we'll just take a minute we'll we'll do it um let's let's first though go to psalms 90 psalms 90 says and this is very important Verse 10, the days of our years are three score years. A score is 20. So that gives you 60 years plus 10. Three score and 10, which is 70. And if by reason of strength they be four score years, that'd be 80 years. Yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Now, there's a lot in this. The Word of God is speaking through David by the Holy Spirit. And he is saying, you know, and, and actually, this is in the book of David, but it's actually a prayer going all the way back to Moses. But the revelation is that there's always going to be trouble. And even if we lived to 80 years, there's always going to be trouble on this planet. This is not paradise. This is a tartaru here. But we do have here that the days of our, year, of our years, of our life, this is not talking about generation of, of, of when you reproduce children. This is talking about a life time of, of persons. You know, the average lifetime that people live, 70 years, average lifespan. And that's what it's talking about. And so we have 70 years and the promise for 70, for, 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 for a thousand generations times to 70. So if you take this 70 and Psalms 105 and multiply the 70 times a thousand generations, you get 70,000 generations. And then you find out that this isn't just a, a mere figure. It actually is a covenant. It's a covenant that was revealed to Abraham. It belongs to the Abrahamic bosom, which a person can, um, can look up that thing about, about Abraham's bosom, and, uh, you know, I have the scripture and read it and get to the point that you, you know, that you really know these scriptures, that you're just not uh, 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 playing a game with yourself, that, that you know these scriptures. Uh, and I'm going to give that to you right now. Uh, if, you, if you write this down, uh, Abraham's bosom is spoken about in Luke 16.22. Now, there's another bosom. And it's called the Father's Bosom. And that's in the, the uh, Gospel of St. John, 
And that's in chapter 1, verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the, the bosom of the Father, has declared him. So there is a there is a Abraham's bosom, there is a the Father's bosom. And we'll get a little bit more into that, but I want to bring you into that gradually with uh, some uh, circuits here of taking you into information. Now, um, if we uh, go to, back in the book of Genesis to chapter 6, verse 3. And chapter 6, verse 3 begins to give us an idea when we're thinking about how that the lifespan changed and the length of generations changed. And uh, we know that, that uh, there was, there were, there was uh, people that lived as long as, like Methuselah, 969 years. And we know that Adam lived, you know, 930 years. And um, we, we, we begin to see these revelations, uh, how important that they are, you know. Uh, and uh, we're, going, we're going to get the connection now. In 6.3, it says of Genesis, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. So now we see that whatever the lifespan was before, this was the beginning. It didn't mean it was going to change overnight. didn't mean that from that moment on people would only live 120 years, but it meant that that would begin to start coming into play and there would be a period of time that the lifespan would be 120 years. Then if we go to um, Genesis 15, Genesis 15 is very interesting. And we look at the 12th verse, and it says, And he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety, that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards they shall come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, and thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither. So, when you really properly translate this and interpret it, it actually is showing you, at this time, a hundred years is a generation. And so there's four hundred years, and it's during the, like the end of the four hundred years, which is the end of the hundred year, and that that is a generation. So we've got the 120 year generation, we've got the 100, 100 year generation, and then we see in Psalms uh, 90 and verse 10 that it finally goes down to three score years, which is 70 years, and then if by reason of streak, it, it could be 80. So we can have an exalted mentality here of confidence that the, the subjects about the different lifespans are in those kind of numbers and not talking about some 30-year generation which is talking about when as you reproduce the family 
another family. It is talking about lifetime generations. And that is the the intent of the Bible. Now, there's another scripture that uh, is pretty incredible. And if you'd like to turn to the book of Matthew 24, and I'll read that one to you. And this one here might blow some of you away. Uh, but I hope not. I hope that you put your root down and you really get to listening to this whole thing so that you can know the truth and the truth can set you free. So in the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew, and looking at verse 34, okay, chapter 24, verse 34, here's what it says. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Okay, what are the things that are going to are going to be fulfilled? Well, the gospel of the of the kingdom is going to be preached in uh, all the world. Verse fourteen. Now, someone says, "Well, that's already been done, hasn't it?" Oh no, no, I'm sorry, no, it hasn't. Because you need to understand what that word "world" means. Now, there are some times when it uses the word "world." that it's talking about the earth. And there are applications in which God wants all the people of the earth to hear the gospel. But this particular verse, and also the same kind of a verse that is in, in um, uh, Mark chapter 16, when it says, uh, when it says world, the, the, the term is the Greek word cosmos. And that's in Strong's Concordance, number 3625. So this gospel is to be preached into all the cosmos. That doesn't sound like something that's going to get done in 30 days, or two years, or three years, or four years, or five years. I want you to listen to me, people. I'm telling you something that's, that's truth. I'm telling you something that God wants me to minister and preach this word because it's so important because the um, uh, Christians have made fools of themselves. There are records going back, all the way back to the year 300 AD. Top officials, big people in the church have made prophecies about the rapture, about the end of the world, and they have been dead wrong. Okay, we're looking at the list. This gospel is going to be preached, preached into the stars. That hasn't happened yet. Okay, and there's going to be a continuation of wars and after wars. The temple is going to be destroyed. That has happened in 70 A.D. And there's going to be people turning against one another and there's going to be persecution of the church. And there's going to be destructions and problems. And there's going to be eventually a rapture. It's all mentioned here in this 24th chapter of, of Matthew. That hasn't happened yet. Well, look at this, verse 34. Matthew 24, verse 34. Verily I say unto you, 
this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Now, what's the matter here? Well, there's 30, 60, 100-fold on this, but right now I'm going to give you a 100-fold realization. When you look at the word generation, when you get into the Greek or, or into the Hebrew, it's very, very interesting that the, uh, the plural and the singular are the same word in most instances. So, if you get the true interpretation by the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says that the Word of God in old times did not come by the will of man, but it came by the unction and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And if you get into the contextual Holy Spirit revelation, you can easily read this, Verily I say unto you, these generations shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And then we're not talking about one generation. We're talking about generations. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the 70,000 years that I read to you in the 105th chapter of Psalms, which is the covenant to Abraham. And when we see that, we say, oh, my God. Now that makes all the Bible match up. That makes all the Bible fall in place. That doesn't make the Bible look like it's, it's not working, like there's something that's, that was said by Jesus that's not coming to pass. Verily I say unto you, these generations shall not pass till these things be fulfilled. Wow. That is absolutely perspective. And in depth of insight and in depth of reality. Now as we begin to come into these realizations, we begin to see the word along this light. Is there ever a change in many, many different ways? We begin to understand that far country and being gone for a long time. Someone says, oh, thousands of years. I, I don't know about that. Well, yeah. How many years do you think it's been since Jesus was here? Over 2,000 years. Thousands. 2,000. Over 2,000 years. And this rapture has not ha happened, and Jesus hasn't come back to fulfill these, these prophecies. And all the people that said, thought it was going to be quickly and going to happen in their lifetime and made predictions of, of times of which Jesus clearly taught it was not meant for them to know. I'll tell you, people, it is really, really, really important for God's people to get, to get on, this, on this ship of truth. It is really important. Praise God. Okay, so as you begin to see this, and you begin to see this, this thing of this, this truth, someone say, well, why is it stretched out in such a long period of time? Because there's a ministry involved here, plus we're talking regenerations. 
there's a guarantee that every person will have a time and a chance. That means every aborted baby is going to get is going to get a chance to come back and be born and live and have a time and a chance. That means that every person that is born with defects and that person cannot really uh, contemplate or have a conscientious uh, understanding of life, uh, that person is going to get a chance. Because the guarantee of the Bible is an absolute guarantee of the Bible. And, and, and people have got to get hitched up, uh, you know, to this, to this uh, fountain of truth. Because if they don't, they're just going to be scrambling about in a in a, a mania a confusion of scriptures that are all twisted by various kinds of interpretations and that absolutely do not fit do not solve the truth it's it's just amazing it is absolutely amazing and people just have got to get into this and they've got to understand it they have to see what the truth really is, because if they don't get into this truth, uh, I, I tell you, you're going to have more and more people falling away and not believing. Now, here's what the Bible says about it. It's in the ninth chapter of Ecclesiastes, verse 11. Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, Neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a guarantee of the word of God, and it makes so much sense. It's truly in accord with the spirit of love. And it's truly in accord with the spirit of the Bible that says God is not God is not a God who favors one person over another. He's not a respecter of persons. So as you begin to see these things, you begin to see how wonderful it is. Now, if we were to look at a scripture that would be very um, very fulfilling, uh, you know, and very, very much along the line, of of this one about that we read you in Matthew 24 you know about um how the, all these things you know would be fulfilled but there was a there was a time a time there it was going to be these generations and these generations had had to be finished well uh i would i would say that Matthew 24:34 that i read to you about that really uh, aligns with um, Daniel chapter 9 verse uh, 24 and it says 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city and, and now listen listen all the things that are going to get done to finish the transgression to make an end of sins to make a reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Now those 70 weeks, when you begin to get into this revelation, you see like in the 10th chapter, in the 9th verse, Daniel says, I heard a voice and 
and and I was in deep sleep on my face. Verse 10, And behold, a hand touched me, and set me up on my knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, a, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, because unto thee I am now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst did set thy heart to understand and to, to uh, chasten thyself before God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. And we see that there was interference, interceptions, verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. And now I, I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. And as we, we continue to get into these various um, uh, statements and, and things that are said by these, these people that came to instruct Daniel, who was a, a, like a scholar himself, and yet... He was praying to God because he, he just didn't understand this, this thing about the 70 years and, and all the meanings of it. And, and, uh, and when sometimes it's called 70 days, sometimes it's called 70 years, sometimes it was called seven, uh, 70 weeks. Well, when it was called 70 weeks, because it's trying to make an, uh, an, an emphasis of, of, the, the, of the Sabbath, which was a weekly thing. And that weekly thing, Sabbath, was connected to the land Sabbath also. And so we, we begin to see that what we're really talking about here is 70 years. And when we take these 70 years and we multiply them times the 1,000 years, we're right back to the 70,000 years. And when we have the 70,000 years, within that 70,000 years, which is determined upon the people and the holy city to finish transgressions. It's going to finish transgressions. It's going to make an end of sins. And it's going to make reconciliation for iniquity. And it's going to bring in everlasting righteousness and seal up the vision and the prophecy to anoint the most holy. And there's other things it's going to do. Other incredible things. Like... Isaiah 51. And this is such an incredible scripture. Verse 16, Isaiah 51, 16. And I have put my words in thy mouth, and I have covered thee in the shadow of mine hand, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, Thou art my people. God is going to plant the heavens. God is going to have us plant the heavens. We are to go out into all the, co the cosmos and preach the gospel. And I know there will be people who say, well, there's no one out there. Oh, yes, there is. <laughs> Much more than you would ever imagine. The Enochs are out there, the children of Enoch. They're out there, and the Bible says that they are. And that's who it's talking about are going to be coming in the book of Jude when Enoch prophesies and says 
The Lord is coming with ten thousands of the saints. He's talking about the sons of Enoch. They're in the heaven, a different heaven than our heaven. We've got a heaven here on earth, which is a firmament. And then there's the heaven that's the firmament and all the atmospheres that's over the Father's house. Praise be to God. It's exciting. Now we're going to get into more things on this thing about about Daniel. And I don't have the time, you know, in this uh, portion that I'm speaking to you to really get into the deep, deep, deep of Daniel. But little by little, I will. But let's let's skip down and let's read a little bit more in the ninth chapter of Daniel. Okay. It says, uh, we, t- we read the one on 24, the, the 70 weeks that are determined and all the things that are going to uh, be finished. Know therefore and understand, verse 25, chapter 9, Daniel, that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem and to the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks, threescore and two weeks, and the street shall be built again, the wall even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince shall come and shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a lot with, with, with a flood. And until the end of the war, desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Now, in a lot of uh, theological interpretations, they use this one week that is de- depicted that is depicted at a separate time. And they're saying that, you know, this one week has never happened yet. And somewhere, somewhere, then all of a sudden this one week is going to come into play. But what they're really missing is the revelation that this one week is actually part of the 70 weeks. And, And what it is talking about is a particular aspect of one of those weeks. Now, when you understand that that week is, you know, that those weeks represent, rep- represent generations. And we're talking every generation is a thousand years. There'd be 70,000 generations. Then that week is a thousand generations. And what that particular week is talking about is the set-aside week, the set-aside thousand years, of the millennium in which Jesus is going to have this time, and I'm not going to get into all the details of that because that's quite interesting, but have this time on earth with God's people. And at that time, uh, Lucifer's hands are going to be tied. Excuse me. Lucifer's hands are going to be tied, and and he's not going to be able to, to interfere, and there's going to be a thousand years. And that's the millennium. When Lucifer's sanctum is, is bound and when God's people are, are learning all of the things of God that they need to know. And this is going to happen somewhere close to the end of the 70,000 years. But it's a part of the 70,000 years. And that's when you understand that these weeks represent 
generations. And those generations, the 105th chapter of, of Psalms, is the part of the covenant. Now, people will say, yeah, yeah, but that's the old covenant. That's been done away with. No, it has not. And we're going to take a look at that right now. Now, some of you people have heard this before, but you know, you really need to hear it again. I've had people say to me, you know, I, 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 just, I just need to hear these things over and over. In the third chapter of, of, of Galatians, beginning with the 16th verse, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promise made, promises made. He saith not to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to the seed which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. Even though the law through Moses came after Abraham, this Abrahamic covenant was an everlasting covenant, and there was nothing of the revelation given to Moses that could disannul that covenant. Nor is there nothing that has ever happened on earth or will happen on earth that is going to dis disannul that covenant. And if we, if we go back to the uh, Psalms, and let's just do that and read Psalms 105 again, because uh, you'll better be able to. And, and here we go. Uh, 105 verse 6. O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in the earth. He has remembered his covenant forever. The words which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his, his oath with Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. And there you go. You see that it's, it's the covenant. You see how it was the covenant made to Abraham. And so when it talks about the spirits of humans going and being in Abraham's bosom, this is a, a special holding place. And it's, and it's actually called the great sheepfold. And this is a holding place for the spirits that are waiting for regeneration. Now, there are some spirits that don't go to Abraham's bosom, but they go to the Father's bosom. And they're connected to the Melchizedek, which is part of the uh, Enoch revelation. And, and this refers, uh, you know, to those people uh, which Jesus talked about. And he said, you know, I have sheep. I have sheep that, that are not of this fold, you know. And um, if we look at uh, John chapter 10, then uh, we, can, we can read that verse. Chapter 10 uh, in the Gospel of John, verse 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Eventually, all of the, the two folds, the little sheep fold and the big sheep fold, will all come together. But that won't happen immediately. And, and, you know, Melchizedek was differentiated from Abraham. And the, and the Melchizedek uh, 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 personification was a higher personification 
than the Abrahamic personification. That's why in the uh, book of Genesis, uh, Abraham paid tithes, paid tithes to to uh, Melchizedek, and 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 it went out of the way to to show that even his his son to be, uh, even even you know his son to be paid tithes in his loins. It's an incredible thing when when you really begin to see this this incredible uh, offering of information that is in the Bible, but has to be put together by the Spirit. And, and so we have the Melchizedek, you know, who is who is part of the Father's house and part of the the bosom of the Father's house, and they're the other sheep. And so when the Bible tells us in in the New Testament about Melchizedek, and it says that without father, without mother, without you know, genealogy. That's because he is not part of the Abrahamic uh, group. He's not part of that group. He's not part of their bosom. He's not part of that sheepfold. He is one of the persons who's part of the Enoch's, the offspring of Enoch. And, and, and this is so important to understand. You know, people would be a lot less fearful if they understood that a lot of these, what they call UFOs, a lot of these, we, we call them Ziths, Z-I-Z-T-H-S, that the pilots in a lot of those are, are, are sons of Enoch. And, of course, they also have Robots. They also have, you know, other kind of uh, androids that look human, but they're not. And there's much, much more that can be talked about on that whole subject. Okay, now we're beginning to see how these things come together. And as we, we get into it... Uh, it, it, it is it's definitely uh, a, a, an exciting thing. Now, now some people might say, "Yeah, but you know, last week you were doing this thing about about this multiplying, and uh, you know, I I don't know if that's uh, you know what the Bible intends." Well, just before I get into some of that again, let's look at Hebrews six fourteen. Turn with me to Hebrews six fourteen, uh, because let's just see what the Bible does say about that. Now, I think it's pretty interesting how um, extensive that the Bible is in explaining these things. You know, you just, you just have to put it together. Uh, it's it's uh, not just a matter of thinking it's going to fall into, in, into your hands without a little bit of prayer, a little bit of searching. Okay, Hebrews 6.14. Saying, surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. So the Bible's method of blessing, the Bible's method of bringing things into uh, the confluence of spiritual and physical uh, 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 consequences that belong to the Holy Spirit side of things 
is the very tool of multiplication. One of the first things that was said back in the days of the uh, of of Adam and Eve and and, and other other uh, creatures of creation, multiply, be fruitful and multiply. So this idea of multiplication is a Bible thing. It is Bible language. A Bible thing. It is Bible language. Get that in your mind. It's a Bible thing. It's Bible language. Wow. On the negative side of it, in Amos 4.4, it talks about multiplying the transgressions. So we always know that there are parallel lines. That if on the one side, there's negative things that are multiplied, then on the positive side, there are spiritual things that are multiplied. And from those equations, we are able to get information that takes us up the, up the, up the, uh, up the stepways to, to the true uh, revelation of God. And we, we talked here, um, you know, uh, last week uh, about this thing in, in Ezekiel. And uh, uh, let's see, somewhere on your, let's see if we move this up here just a minute, we will uh, be able to look on this uh, chart, if you have that chart. Really handy thing. Uh, I want to really thank uh, uh, Larry McDonald, and I want to thank uh, Brian, uh, you know, Parks, for... Um, uh, First, the work that on the on uh, getting this information down from the teaching and put it in this really super good form uh, by Larry, and then uh, bringing it forth and getting it all put out here on the uh, the broadcast uh, by uh, Brian. Uh, God bless those uh, two men uh, abundantly, because uh, you know it's a, just a a really super neat thing. Okay, so. Um, um, we we know that uh, as we we go through this, um, here we we read um, uh, there must be a temple of God on Mount Moriah. Now in the Old Testament, Mount Moriah is mentioned different times, and it is the mount that God has wanted to have the temple built on, and several uh, uh, temples have been built on this mountain, and then uh, there came the time that there uh, that. Uh, the, the children of Israel were defeated and and uh, they were hauled away uh, by the Assyrians. They were hauled away by the Egyptians. They were hauled away by the, the Babylonians. Uh, they've just had uh, quite a tough time. And uh, it, it's, it's not, it's just simple. Um, it wasn't until um, in March of 1948 that... Uh, they got back their independence. And that meant that there was a period of 2,000 years that Israel existed without a, 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 you know, a, a, an independence of nation. 2,000 years. But then, it wasn't until uh, till 1967 that as a result of a war, that they were able to uh, to get uh, uh, the city together, and uh, they didn't get control of, of the mount. Uh, they got parts of the mount, 
but not the main mount where the uh, Muslim, uh, uh, you know, shrine was. Uh, but but uh, in fact, the uh, the head people of of, of the Jewish uh, 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 groups uh, had to put up signs saying that none of the Jews were to go up there on the mount close to where the Muslims' uh, sacred temple was. So they're not allowed to do it even to this day. And uh, but but you know that happened in uh, in, in um, uh, you know 1967. That was 19 years after the um, uh, getting a nation back together, which happened in March of '48. Uh, then six years later, there was another. They were attacked by Egypt and Syria. And caught off guard because it happened on, on uh, you know, uh, a holy uh, holiday of of the Jews and uh, Yom Kippur, and uh, they just you know could have almost lost that war, but they rallied, and then they ended up uh, you know winning the war and uh, taking over uh, a part of the. Uh, uh, the mountain areas of the Golan Heights from Syria and taking, uh, you know, uh, back uh, parts of the the uh, the desert, the Sinai Desert from Egypt and, and defeating uh, those armies. And that six years later, they were then able to 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 have more control of uh, of the um, of the mount, uh, even though they had to still leave uh, uh, seclusion there for the the Arabs and their Muslim temple. Uh, so, you know, we could look back and we could say, you know, it was two thousand years before they had independence. There was another nineteen years before they were able to bring uh, the city Jerusalem together, and another six years before they were able to have. Uh, anything of a of, of a perspective that recognized them uh, about the mount. So it's two thousand twenty five years right there. You know when God says, "I will restore the years that the canker or the caterpillar have eaten," we've come to understand by the Bible that a lot of times Jesus used to call people uh, serpents and and scorpions. And we've under uh, we've come to understand that a lot of times that that uh, terms like uh, worm and and th that the Bible clearly shows worms can be uh, uh, re referred to humans. So we begin to understand that this thing about years that must be redeemed and that restored that God has a plan to restore those years. And here, just in this, uh, you know short uh, uh, breath of expression uh, I've shown you 2,025 years that were lost years lost from having independence lost from ha having uh, a control of Jerusalem as a whole city loss of having uh, a say and a part and a stake in the mount those are great that, that's a great loss and if, and if that was to be uh, restored uh, then there would have to be something happen that would uh, would bring that back in time, 
Well, you don't just get 2,025 years tossed into your basket when, you know, the people are only living 70 years. And that's a lot of lifetimes of a lot of different people and, and changes of government. So there has to be something very constructive and very unusual that happens that brings people about uh, in such a spiritual way that they're able to do this. Now, uh, someone was making a point to me the other day, and uh, this was on the the broadcast uh, that I did yesterday, um, that uh, the thing that was not quite understood with them was the, was the scriptures that talk about the fig tree and how that when you see the fig tree bud, then you will know that the, the time of the end is at hand. But I explained, I said, well, you know, when you really read the scripture, the point of the fig tree is a sign of of the blooming of Christianity. But when you go to Israel right now and you look at their government and, and their people, their government is a secular uh, government. It's not even run uh, by the, uh, the the Jewish, uh, you know, theology. Sure, they make some points and, and so forth, but but it, it's, it's, it's a secular government. And so, uh, although they got back their... Uh, got back land so they could have a nation uh, without Britain being involved to go in there and do what they did and give notices for the 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 uh, the Philistines the, the the people that that were in in Palestine to move uh, and and uh, you know get a lot of people kicked out uh, these these uh, the Jews would not have had their home back in, uh, you know, uh, 1948. So, you know, you can make all kinds of a spiritual thing out of that that you want to and say, oh, this is so incredible. But, you know, it's not all that incredible. It's incredible that they do have their their home back. But it's not incredible in the sense that that they are very secular and and they are not, you know, into the Christ, Jesus Christ uh, uh, doctrine. And that the reason that it's been 2,000 years, and interestingly, uh, by the way, the the theme song of Israel is named on this thing about the 2,000 years. And it's called the 2,000 years of hope. It's 2,000 years that they lost before they were able to get back the nation. And so it's, it's a theme, and 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 and, and part part of their uh, their, their uh, main uh, national uh, anthem, so to speak. So anyway, those things I think are are well worth knowing, and I and I think that you know I I told this this uh, these people, uh, there's going you know, there was a, there was a fig tree, and Jesus went to take and eat off of it, and there's nothing on it. And I think that that's the fig tree that's out there right now as far as the ministry of Jesus Christ. Yes, there's a few Christians there. But, but you know, the, the, the Bible says first to the Jew, you know, and then after that you get, you get it to the Gentile. God wants the, this alpha revelation to happen to where these, these people have received him, the Jews have received him. 
and and uh, so that fig tree is already uh, is already the fig tree that Jesus went to, uh, and in a, in a in a parable uh, explanation, uh, there was no no fruit on it. So then it just withered and died. And there's going to have to be another fig tree. It's going to be a second fig tree that's going to come up. And one day that fig tree is going to bud and it's going to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the revelation of the Jesus Christ to those Jews. Jews for Jesus. And let's not fool ourselves. And let's not try to make something out of, out of the nation or the people. Uh, and we're, we love them and we pray for them. I pray for Israel every day. I pray for a lot of nations every day. But let's not try to make something out of them with these different dates. Oh, yeah, the, the, uh, 1948, and that's this, and that's that. A lot of people are making these statements. They don't even know what they're talking about. It's the great mercy of God that allows those things to happen. But don't forget that for 2,000 years before that, the reason there was this 2,000 lost years is because the people of Israel were in contempt to God. They, 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 had, they had made God, God uh, very uh, displaced with them be, be, because of their rebellion and hideous practices. And that's what was going on for 2,000 years. So don't forget that. Okay, let's keep going. Now, as we uh, as we begin to get into uh, you know to all these things, there's an interesting scripture about God's accounting uh, in Psalms twenty two thirty through thirty one. Uh, I guess I better read that. Psalms um, uh, twenty two thirty through thirty one. Let me read it. Because uh, you know we want we want the people to get this down, we want you to get it down. Okay, so Psalms twenty-two, and we'll have it here in a jiffy. Okay, and here's what it says: twenty-two, thirty, and thirty-one. A seed shall serve him; it shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. So when we are talking about these 70,000 generations, it ties right in to the persons, a tale that is told that can live up to 70 or 80 years. They are a seed. And so these persons then are all part of the connection to the generation. And the whole thing is connected. So a seed shall serve him and shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. This is a prophecy that the day would come that the seed of people will be uh, spoken and, and propositioned in, in uh, the spiritual literature of God's word uh, in, in the uh, terms uh, of, of symbol and the terms of, uh, of uh, deep word exercise uh, using the term generation. And, and it's all part of the plan of God. Let's read it again. Psalms 22, verse 30. A seed shall serve him, it shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. That's God's accounting. They shall come and they shall declare his righteousness unto the people that shall be born that he has done this. So 
This is what I'm talking about, about the true fig tree that's going to bud and have fruit. It's prophesied. There is a seed that is going to come. And, and they are going to declare the righteousness of the Lord. And, and, and they're going to be telling this thing to people that are not even alive at the time of this writing. People that are going to be born. It's futuristic. All ties into the book of Revelations. That which was, that which is, and that which is to come. Covering the whole episodes of, of time. Now, we know that as we get into these different years and these penalties that, that we were in last week, we, um, we, we, we read to you um, an example out of uh, Numbers 14. Now, Numbers 14.33 says, And your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years. Now, this is on your, if you scroll up, um, you know, you, this uh, download that you have, that you link to, is right there under example uh, of ratio being used. And, uh, and you, you just take it down a little bit. And uh, it, it begins to, uh, example of ratio, 40 days equals 40 years, okay? Numbers 14.33, And your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be willed, wasted in the wilderness. Now, you know, there was people that could not believe that prophecy that came through Moses, and they wouldn't believe it. And they went out and began to war with these people that, bef that before they had refused to, to war with, and then, of course, a lot of them were killed. And now there, there is another important uh, verse that should be added on here. So Numbers 14, 33 and 34, because verse 34 is very important. For each day you searched the land, 40 days, each day shall be for a year to bear your iniquities. So now we have the scripture in verse 34 saying that, that every day is going to be equal to 40, 40, uh, you know, uh, 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 40 days is going to be equal to 40 years. So every day will be equal to a year. Now, this is Bible stuff, people. This isn't us just, you know, pulling a bunch of jubilee out of uh, packets of writing and pages of writing and and putting something together in in in, in some kind of a uh, uh, you know scribbly way. Uh, th this has solid entry. This this has uh, solid presentation here, and and it's it's what you really want to look at. Then last week we got into this thing about the uh, the punishments uh, that it mentions in Leviticus twenty six. And I'm not going to take a lot of time with this, but I'm going to go through it. And, um, and I'm going to show you that uh, first, you know, there's seven times seven Sabbaths, land Sabbaths, which equals 49. And then there's the Jubilee, which then makes it 50. Now, it, the scripture said that uh, because you did not keep these land Sabbaths, then you're going you're gonna to be punished seven times for your sin. You can read that right there in front of you. Under first times punishment, length of seven times 50 equal 350 years. You have 350 years 
that they have to work out. This is Bible. I didn't make this up. This is in the Bible. This is what the Bible says. Seven times. More for your sins. We saw the example of it in this thing in, in Numbers 14, 33, and 34. And it says it in Leviticus 6, 26, 18. And if you will not yet for all of this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. And then we have a second time that it says, says this. And it says that you would be punished again, it mentions the, 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 uh, the, the seven times. So now it's changed from 50 to 350. So now you're going you're gonna to multiply it the seven times 350, and that equals 2,450 years. And then there's another one in there, Leviticus 26, 21. Seven times more of plagues upon you according to your sins. And now, now, now we're, we're taking the, the, the 2,450, multiplying that by seven, we get 17,150 years. You see, it's increasing. And, and this is all from the scripture I gave you about multiplication, to multiply. And that's exactly God's method and how he deems it and how he uses it. And then it says, dividing of the times, punishment length, seven times 17 Thousand one fifty, you end up with sixty thousand twenty five years, and and that's uh, uh, oops, I skipped ahead. Uh, I'm sorry, the two twenty four fifty gets seventeen one five zero, and then when you go to the fourth one, you end up with sixty thousand two five. But that is only after you have divided it, because it actually adds up to something like 120,000 years. And then you have, to, you have to divide it by half, because the times, ti the time, times, and the dividing of the times uh, tells us that. You've got the time, that's one. You've got the time and the time, the time and the times, so that's three. And then you've got the dividing of the times, and so that is half. And so the 120 turns into being 60,000. So when you, you, you take all of those and, uh, and you add them up, uh, you get one uh, prolific uh, high number. Uh, we, we gave some examples of the feeding of the loaves, and, and, and I really want to tie that in in some interesting ways. But I'm just showing uh, for now how that, that, that Jesus dealt with the, with the thousands and, and using the ratio of seven uh, times, uh, you know, to, to produce uh, a food to feed uh, 5,000, 7,000 people. He dealt with the thousands. Thousands is is, you know, a common number when you start getting into this revelation of multiplication. Okay, so uh, we, we've got, uh, you know, a lot of very, very interesting things here uh, to continue to get into. So um, let me get my uh, note here in front of me so I can uh, intelligently, uh, you know, show you a couple things here. When we add up all of these um these penalties. It comes to 79,975. Now, um, if, we, if we take and we use the, uh, the method of, of, uh, of sacred 
uh, tithe, uh, the sacred tenth, then uh, that becomes a very interesting thing because uh, Jesus had said uh, in Matthew 24, 21 through 22, Matthew 24, 21 through 22, that the days would be shortened because if they weren't shortened, if they weren't shortened, there would be no flesh be able to be saved. And and that's because of all the the wars that we read about in, in, in Isaiah uh, and, and in Revelations and in other books of the prophecies. And, um, you know, um, even uh, as we are into these things, and uh, it talks about in Matthew 24 uh, about, you know, the 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 stars falling, uh, and then when we get over into uh, the book of Revelation, uh, we see that see that happening. We see that those stars falling falling are like one of them is the morning star Satan, and there's other stars that fall, which are you know these other uh, um, uh, angels uh, that are co-owned with Lucifer, which are legions, and then there's uh, the the morning star angels the ophanim that fall. And and so that is all part of the process that's happening over years and years and years and years. This isn't something that is just happening over, uh, okay, I'm here, I'm resurrected, and I'm going to be back shortly. That is wrong. That is a wrong interpretation. That is not Bible. And remember, when the Bible says, Behold, I come quickly, what it's really saying, Behold, I come suddenly. And that's the proper interpretation. And when you get the Peace Bible, and that is published and out for people to buy, you'll see those scriptures have been corrected. And it'll be an incredible, wonderful revelation for people when they begin to get this truth and get into these, these wonderful things. Well, then, when you take, uh, you know, this, this revelation, that there is going to be the time that will be shortened, uh, you know, and and you add this up, and you see that uh, you know you you've got you you know you you've almost got you you've got seventy nine thousand nine hundred and seventy five, uh, you know. And the Bible did say, you know, um, that that um, seventy or eighty thousand. Uh, so this this is almost this is only twenty five years away from being eighty thousand. And and uh, so that's that's really quite interesting, uh, you know. And 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 there's a lot of things you could uh, put together for that 25 years. Uh, you know, I just don't have time to do that tonight. Uh, if we went that direction, but then if we we went another direction, and we said, well, you know, there's the teaching of the of of the of the, the sacred tenth, and uh, that is quite uh, you know an awesome uh, teaching, and. Um, uh, it teaches that, uh, you know, that God is always going to have at least a sacred tenth that is, go- that is going to be uh, able to be redeemed. He's always going to have a, resi- you know, a residue or a fragment of people, uh, just like when um, he told the prophet, he said, I have 7,000 knees that have never bowed to Baal. That 7,000 keeps coming up, doesn't it? That no doubt was a special meaning. And when the Bible says the sun will, will shine sevenfold, 
That's a special meaning, all connected. And when Jesus said to Peter, when Peter asked him, said, how many times should I forgive somebody? Seven times? He said, no, seven times 70. Seven times 70. Forgive them. This is not an accident, ladies and gentlemen. This is an important thing. And we could look at the thousand years of the millennium, and we could say, well, there's a thousand years this, that's being taken off of that. Of, of that. <coughs> Satan's being put in prison. <coughs> wow. That's pretty interesting, huh? But you could take the sacred tenth and, um, you know, I'm going to have to have a, a, a definitely have another um, teaching <clears throat> to finish this out. I'm not going to be able to finish this out now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But in Isaiah 6, 12, 13, let me read it. Isaiah 6, 12, 13. Uh, let's just get in there and read it. This is about what I call the sacred tenth. And here's what it says. <clears throat> and the Lord have uh, have removed men far away. <clears throat> there is a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But yet in it shall be a tenth, <clears throat> and it shall return, and shall be eaten as a as a tile tree and as a oak. Excuse me. Okay, <clears throat> so here we get the scripture on the tenth. And that tenth helps us to be able to uh, <clears throat> to see this revelation. Now, if you were to take that tenth and you were to multiply that by against each one of these um, penalties, which do represent the field, which is the world, which do represent the seed, which are the people. Because <coughs> remember, it was 70 uh, 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 being the, uh, the lifespan for people. So it, are, it is the people. And then you were to look and say, but you know, although the majority of these people did these things, there was still always a tenth that did not. And then you were to give the the credit, uh, you know, redeeming the time, uh, <clears throat> shortening the time, and you added those uh, tenth to each one of those four groups. Um, it would it would it would uh, uh, reduce that um, large number of of uh, you know um, of uh, seventy nine thousand. Uh, nine hundred and uh, <clears throat> uh, nine hundred and seventy-five years to only nineteen hundred and eighty years. If you add the millennial to that, that takes a hundred off of that. A th pardon me, it takes a thousand off of that. Now you're down to only nine hundred and eighty years. Well, we have to recognize 
that there's many other instances and reasons in all the the possibilities of the scriptures of things that could could be taken you know for inst- instance uh as we we get into the scriptures uh it talks about restoring the years the canker worm has eaten so we got that kind of restoration that need, that needs to be used to shorten uh the peril that's going to be out there for such a long time uh we've got uh, scriptures that talk about redeeming the time uh we we have um uh many many other kinds of scriptures uh where uh even uh, Luke 4 5 through 6 um Satan took uh Lucifer up to this high pinnacle and he showed him the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time you talk about shortening the time the effect of time we we know there's all kinds of things that that have happened in times past they haven't been understood but we know that uh that uh Joshua uh, in, in Joshua um, at, at, at 10 and um, I think it's uh, 10, 12, that uh, it tells about the story of, uh, of this 23 hours and 20 minute day that the, that the sun, the light of the sun was turned back. And then we know there's another place in, in uh, uh, you know, Second Kings where um, the, the sundial was turned back. And um, you know uh, that was uh, twenty-three. Uh, that that was uh, you know uh, another period of time. Uh, it was turned back uh, for Hezekiah for ten degrees. That was forty minutes. And these are like uh, are times that have been um, like taken out of the of the regular episode of time. Uh, like I'm not saying that literally. They happened. I, I believe that they happened in a in a in a sense of virtual reality that had an actual and literal effect. Uh, but it didn't then cause the oceans of the sea to rise and wash over uh, all the lands of the world because of of uh, you know the sun uh, going backwards and or etc. of that nature. Um, so as we begin to see this. There are all kinds of, of possibilities uh, that that are that are in the scripture. Uh, we know that in the book of, of Daniel, uh, in the second chapter, in the twenty-first verse, and also in the seventh chapter, in the twenty-fifth verse, it says there will be persons that will come forward, and they will think to change the time and the seasons. So we know that there's going to be forces working this both ways. Forces that are going to be trying to to cut the times, which Jesus has promised he would do, you know, to to shorten it. Then there's going to be the the other opposite force that's going to be trying to change that that the time and the seasons so that so that Christ won't be able to do that, uh, you know. And uh, so uh, this has to all ultimately uh, fulfill and end up uh, restoring the restitution of all things. And and the understanding of uh, how to observe the days, in in their revealing of how they apply uh, to time, 
uh, the, these these whole revelations uh, I find just to be absolutely exciting. Uh, their their um, their insight that we are to look at, that we are to uh, uh, to 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 wear as, as a uh, spiritual robe of of uh, spiritual clothing, uh, because it changes everything about what is being taught, what is being said that is so confusing uh, out there today to the people and out there really to anyone who is trying to listen to something that has any kind of sense. Now, I intend to get into this Matthew twenty four twenty one through 22 about the days to be shortened in a very specific, more technical kind of way, <clears throat> but I don't have the time uh, to do that that today. But uh, but you know that the ark is coming up the road, and we will uh, we we will get into all of of these different applications, and uh, we'll be able to put them together, and uh, you know really be able to show people how that all these things connect in a in a beautiful beautiful way, uh, and and how that uh, you know uh, this thing of the seventy years, you know it is mentioned in uh, Jeremiah twenty five eleven through twelve. It's mentioned in Jeremiah twenty nine, ten. Uh, it's mentioned, uh, you know, in in Daniel nine two, uh, uh, as I read to you about, you know, learning the books about the seventy seventy years, and and the seventy weeks that are determined, is all tying into this time, time and a half times, or rather said, uh, you know, dividing of the times. It's very interesting that in the New Testament. It talks about Jesus coming. It talks about the the uh, the five foolish and the five five wise, you know, uh, virgins. And it talks about Jesus coming at midnight. If you would think about that, that that there is there is an essence there where midnight is neither uh, is is neither the day uh, uh, behind or the day before. It's the dividing of the time. It's the dividing of the time. And I know there's a technicality there that can be made, but it really is the dividing of the time. And, and the Lord is coming at midnight, uh, the Bible says. Uh, so we have to sta- understand then that also goes along with fulfilling this time, times, two times, and dividing of the times. And dividing of the times being the number four, which is the last epic, the last episode and that is when the Bible says he's coming, you know, in the dividing of the times, which is he's coming at midnight, you know, and and those things are just attractive and they're 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 interesting, and they draw the mind because, you know, uh, it 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 explains the 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 miracle of the loaves, and 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 the, and the fish it it explains so many things that uh, that have been missing from uh, the Christians, uh, and they just have not known. They just have not had answers, you know. Uh, so we want to get into these other ratios. We want to get into these, uh, these ex- explanations of them. Uh, uh, but, you know, we don't just want to spend all of our time on things that seem to be numbers that might in some way... Uh, put a burden uh, on people. But if you look at this, you know, 
right now there are all kinds of, of prophecies out there. And um, there's um, a prophecy out there that um, the 21st of this month, there's supposed to be a real disastrous thing happen to the earth. And it's not going to happen. People say, but look what's going on. Look, look what a terrible turmoil that the earth is in. Uh, you know, that's, that's an all wrong opinion. If you go back in time, if you go back in time, in my opinion, things were a lot worse then. You know, you go back in time, uh, people didn't have police and armies to protect them from uh, uh, raiders that just came in. Some people say, yeah, but those things still happen. Yeah, but not on the numbers that they were happening back in ancient times. There was just people, ter just constantly, whole families just just killed and 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 uh and and people taken for slaves and and they were molested and raped uh they they were tortured uh and then there was these awful diseases and there was there was uh, you know no medicines really for him and 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 uh, uh and you you had the financial thing i mean you had rome it 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 went financially busted and you could go back and you can find uh things so terrible that that people like uh, like uh, Martin Luther and and uh, people like Isaac Newton uh, they just said time can't go on these things are so bad this has got to be the end it's got to be the end and and uh, uh, that's what people were thinking back then and they they were into everything from the conspiracies that people are today they were into uh, you know to people were were starving. They didn't have any way to get food, uh, and what, when they did get something, then they would be robbed and killed. And uh, <coughs> you know, a big part of the world today is way better off than they were back then. And even with the famine that, that's in Africa, there, Somalia. I mean, you've got all kinds of nations that have uh, piled together and put a lot of uh, uh, food and supplies out there. Uh, you know, you, you rarely have anything like that going back into time. And and uh, I think that people just need to get off of the uh, of that uh, trip uh, where everything is worse than it ever was. Uh, like people say, there's more earthquakes now than there ever was. That's not true. It's just not true. And 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 people are saying, you know, all the, these things are going to happen. Uh, you know, sure, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There will always be that. Uh, sure, there's going to be earthquakes, uh, tsunamis. Sure, there's going to be uh, volcanoes. Uh, that's because we live on a living earth that, 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 that if it didn't have those kind of, of events, it wouldn't be a living earth. And people have just got to get smart enough to know how to avoid uh, the times that the earth is in those dangerous positions and, and not live on a fault, not live, you know, <coughs> in a, uh, some dangerous uh, place that is time for, you know, a, a tornado to come through. Uh, I, I believe that eventually with all the knowledge that's going on, people will get there. They will arrive at that place uh, because the, the knowledge that is coming out right now, uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people not really updated on all the things that are that is getting ready to happen and how that they're going to extend life 
and and uh, how that they're really coming down on uh, you know with with all these new uh, inventions and new uh, uh, creations of medicine and creations of medical information. Uh, it's it's quite incredible. Uh, could there be another war sometime? Of course, there could be. That's just a thing that that humans do. They go to war. But I mean, that's just been happening ever since Cain uh, killed his brother Abel. Uh, there's always been wars on this planet. There always will be, you know. And and uh, it's 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 a it's it's a a tartaroo. But ladies and gentlemen, if we start looking and not destroying the Bible. And we get off of this thing where we're saying, oh, you know, just this is horrible. And look at all the people that are out there now that are, that are uh, you know, complaining. And look at them. They're mobbing uh, Wall Street and they're doing all this. Uh, you know, um, you want to go out there and join them, you go ahead. But I'm sure that it'll be just like the Tea Party in, in the, in the, uh, originally. When they went out and they start questioning the people, you know, why are you here? What does this Tea Party mean? And and just dozens of the people say, well, I don't know. I just know there's people out here, you know, uh, sort of complaining about things. So I felt I would join them. Uh, and, and there was just people didn't even know what it was about. But they, you know, they just decided they wanted to, to get involved. And, and it's the same thing that's going on right now. It's, it's a, you know, a part entertainment. Uh, yeah, are there people that don't don't have jobs? Yes. Are there, are there people that are sick? Yes. Uh, are, are there people that, you know, that uh, don't have all the education they should have? Yes. But that's always been. It's nothing new. And there's a lot of, of jobs. If someone says that, you know, we're down uh, 10% or 15%, you know, if we're down 10%, still 90% of the, of the, of the workforce is working. And uh, yes, 10% or 15%, that is a lot of people. But that can still be changed, given it time, if people do not panic, people don't go extreme. Now, this ties back to the spirit-to-spirit revelation. And that is where we have to understand that the candle of the Lord, the candle of the Lord uh, is that spirit within us that searches out the innermost parts of our being. And there lies the realms of the real truth. And there's where we can find real peace. There's where we can find healing. There's where we can find love. And and if we can find a way to get down to zero mass with this thing with the carnal flesh, get down to zero mass so that that we we can uh, we we can overcome these kind of attitudes and we we can be in the middle of a of a of a problem. Excuse me. We'd be in the middle of, of a problem, and and yet we are able uh, to to overcome uh, and and not let it affect us, because Jesus constantly said, "Be not troubled, not to be troubled." And and, and same thing uh, in the in the scripture. Everywhere you look, uh, God through Christ and the Holy Spirit did not want the people to become troubled, to become concerned, to become full, uh, uh, full of fear. That was not the plan of God. That was not the will of God. And and I'm going to tell you, and I'd, I'd be willing to meet any of these preachers face to face and have them dare to look at me and try to show me scripture, which they cannot show me, to show us anything different than this. And, 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 and give me a reason to explain how that in the love of God, 
uh, uh, putting people into these fear uh, and doomsday scenario is going to save anybody. I pray for these people. I don't want them to be judged or, or harsh things to happen to them. But I think this message has to get out about trusting in God, about believing in God, about the spirit to spirit that can, that can operate through our body and that can operate through our spirit in a way that the spirit has never been liberated to have the spirit to work in our lives. And we've got time. There's 70,000 generations that we've been given and humans are going out into space and re-generations are happening and time is going on and on and on and on our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Forgive us our debts as we've forgiven those who have trespassed against us. And let us not be led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. And now, O oh Lord, reach out tonight and begin to touch these persons who are in pain, these persons who are suffering in body, who are fighting mental depression, whose nerves are risen up, people with various sundry, sundry kind of diseases. Heal them, Lord God, through this broadcast right now. Let your Holy Spirit go out through the waves and begin to heal their bodies, heal their minds, deliver them. In Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. Good night.